Hello and welcome to the No Wet Fish podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Senior, and let me welcome you in the name of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. I am simply overjoyed today, not just by the guest I have joining me, but the fact that she's here in person. This is my first live, real, not done over Zoom interview, and I am thrilled to bits. And uh, so let me welcome straight away, Molly Morrison. Hello, Molly. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Nice to be here. Feel privileged that I'm the first one in person. Yes, it's so good. Sat around the table, coffee's in hand, um, Bible's open. So I'm absolutely excited that today's going to be a great recording. So without any hesitation, over to you, Molly. What have you got to share with us? Yeah, I thought I'd just share a bit about my testimony. Um, so I am originally from Northern Ireland, if you can't tell because of the accent. Um, and... Northern Ireland often um, people say they're Christian um, or they'll go to church, but actually they don't have um, that full deep heart understanding of who Jesus is. Um, so I didn't really grow up in a Christian family despite going to church and despite um, like my parents being willing to take us. Um, and it wasn't really until I got a bit older um, and kind of discovered who Jesus was for myself through looking at the Bible, through um, just chatting with friends friends that actually I was like oh I think I get this now um, I think when I was younger I didn't really understand I didn't get who Jesus was but actually it just clicked one day and I think um, it all really opened up when I came to uni and um, I think that was the pinnacle point of my faith and um, I was actually in Uganda when I got my A-level results um, and had applied for like loads of different unis didn't get into any of them didn't get the grades I needed and I was halfway across the world on like a beaten track in Uganda crying my eyes out on the phone to my mum which was probably costing a fortune um, just just crying being like god why have you done this like what what is your plan like I, I want to trust you. I want to know that you have a plan for me. But I thought the plan was to go to these unis that I had applied for. Um, and my mum, who wasn't a Christian, um, she just sat on the phone and she was like, Molly, do you believe that God has a plan for you? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of like stopped crying, thinking my mum's never really chatted about Christianity before. Um, and she was just like, well, then why are you worried? Because God obviously has a plan and it's just not one of these unis, but it'll be somewhere. So why are you worrying? And at that point, I was like, oh, like, it, it was just such an eye-opener to be like, God, I need to fully trust you in every decision that I make. Mm. Um, and going to uni was really the pinnacle point where there were so many opportunities to just learn more about Jesus, to have those late-night DMCs with friends who had maybe had a few drinks but were more interested in hearing what you thought about faith or mm. um, just learning about each other's um, beliefs even if they were of different um, religions. And I think it was just such an eye-opener and such a real testament to me to be like, God, I saw that actually this wasn't where you wanted me, but I can see that you placed me here for a reason and can see that actually you've done so much in my life through coming to university. Like university is such a hard time for students and it's such a hard time for Christians. And actually um, it's the biggest drop off point for Christians. I think there was a study done like years and years and years ago that um, the average amount of time it takes for a Christian to fall away from faith and going to university is nine days. Wow. Um, and it's just such a hard time. So I really knew when I went to uni, I wanted to make that difference. I wanted to really get stuck into a church and to see for myself like how being a Christian in a place where there's surrounded by loads of different faiths, loads of different university culture, like what yeah. it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like I just grew so much at university through the opportunities, through being immersed in the university culture, but being able to still be a light to Jesus and actually be strong and firm in my faith of knowing who I am in Jesus, like who he says I am in the yeah. Bible and actually knowing that I have worth and like I'm, I'm here on earth for a greater thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just like growing up in the university is really where my faith came alive. Yeah. Um, and nowadays I'm working with students, I work for, um, uh, charity called Fusion that helps students get connected into churches and find hope in Jesus. Um, so actually like my going into university really helped me realise that God was calling me to students yeah. uh, on a longer yeah, term. Yeah. Um, so, so do you think if you'd have got one of the, the other universities, do you think that your life would have tracked in a very different direction? Yeah, 
I don't know I do get asked myself a lot over the time um, and I think well I'd originally applied to go to Wales so probably would have not been as an experience as what it was going to an English university and I think yeah just the people I've met and the mentors and people that have really invested time and energy into me um have really made a difference and I, I'm not sure if I would have been the person I am and like grew in my faith as much if I'd gone anywhere else so something you said quite early on um you talked about how you know you you didn't get the grades you wanted mm. and how that kind of shook you and you're like you know where is God in this but then something that you said later on about what you were doing, um, it sometimes strikes me with God that, and this is going to sound, here we are, it's not as callous as it sounds. God cares more about people than he does about your grades. Mm. And so he's not bothered if you're a straight A student. And actually, if he requires you to get C's because he wants you to go somewhere else, then that's fine with him because he cares about people. And so if you've gone and, you know, like maybe you already had a servant lined up for a university in Wales to go and do mm. great stuff. But what he needed was a Molly in Portsmouth yeah. to do what he had lined up for you there. Does yeah, that make sense? yeah, definitely. And I think with perspective, I can totally see that and can completely agree. In the moment, it's very hard mm. when you've built up all of this stuff, you've planned, you've um, like sent off applications for accommodation in those universities. And then all of a sudden to all crumble, it feels so hard in the moment and thinking that you're not good enough, you're not worth anything, but actually realizing that God has a greater plan and that actually the plan means going through that and going through the pain and going through the the hurt and the heartache of not feeling good enough with those grades, but actually God's like, no, you are good enough. You're more than enough. I just need you somewhere else. Mm. And I think that was something that I can see totally now um, and think that loads of students going through the same thing will will realise later on down the line. I think it's one of the interesting things, isn't it? But like certainly if I look back at my life as well, um, you don't, you, you don't see God's plan until you're looking back at it yeah. in, in the moment, like you're saying in that situation and you're looking forward, you're like, but why is this your plan? How is this your plan? But actually sort of, you know, even just a year, two, three years down the line, you look back and you go, oh yeah, that was totally the plan. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, but I, in some some instances, I'm really grateful that God didn't tell me that bit because I think if you'd have told me that bit, it would have freaked me out more. Yeah. Does that, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think it's sometimes good to be in the dark, yeah. like for a lot of it. He sometimes gives you a part and you're like, you're going to see this bit, but I'm not going to show you the rest because you need that time to grow and you need that time to mm. come to accept that actually trusting in God is the huge thing and you need to have that full trust and full surrender with your whole life to be able to then see the rest of the picture and and to understand that there's a reason for everything that that happens and good and bad that's so cool so what is it that you do with fusion then yeah so explain that to me because suppose I've never heard of it yeah I have but just suppose I haven't what does that do yeah so it's a student movement um that pretty much helps students um that are heading off to university get connected into churches um and to help churches um support students to discovering who Jesus is Mm -hmm. um so we travel all around the UK but I'm based in a south team so pretty much from Falmouth to Canterbury is my region um and travel all around the south coast and visiting churches student workers youth workers um chatting to them and resourcing them with the tools and confidence to love welcome and disciple um, and kind of journey with students when they arrive at university so a lot of it is pretty much having coffee with student workers and youth workers which is the dream um but it also is impactful because you know that you're resourcing them and really helping them to connect with students um, on the ground. Because um, so cool. we did a study a couple of years ago that showed that there's only 1.02% of students connected into church okay. um, in the UK. Wow. Um, so actually, like, we want to see the 99% in churches. Like, we want to yeah. see more students wanting to try church for the first time, coming to university or trying to realise, oh, actually, I want to give church another go if they've, like, gone to church 
church when they were younger or if their family forced them to go when they were younger but just having that opportunity for churches to be open and to be welcoming um, and actually awakening to the need to have students in their churches and that students are an integral part um, so yeah that's pretty much what what Fusion do and what, cool. what I do that's so cool I have a, a a very sort of sideways testimony about the work of Fusion so years ago when I was at a, a different church again um, one of the young people there just before I'd started being involved with that church um, one of the young people there she'd gone off to university and during her I don't know entirely why but during her first week she somehow failed to connect with the with the CU mm. and all these things that she was finding life difficult and a friend of mine just happened to live in the area and was working for Fusion and I was like I'm pretty sure I've got a friend who does stuff with students so I gave her a ring and I, and I gave her and I gave her this girl's number and then the following Sunday a couple of the girls in the youth group came up to me and said well I can't remember the girl's name but she's got she's found a church now and she settled wow. in thank you so much and I was like well, all I did was phone a friend, you know. Um, so it does work. Yeah. You know, the, the whole idea does work, and I think that's really cool. Because um, I think, again, like what you were saying, you know, if you're if you're going from very few people tend to stay in the same town, do they? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going from, um, you know, like say like for you from Northern Ireland, you're not just not staying in the same town, you're not even staying in the same landmass. Yeah. <laughs> you've been somewhere else to go to university. And, and I think it was a similar thing for me when I went off to join the Navy. Um, you kind of have a choice, don't you? you go, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and stand for Jesus, and I'm going to do this, or I'm just going to disappear into the background and never mention him again. Yeah. And it's a choice that you have to make yeah. quite early on because yeah. if you don't, it gets harder to then be like, oh, guys, actually, I'm, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Yeah. Like six months into university, whenever all your friends will question, well, why haven't, why haven't you told us before this? Yeah, yeah. Actually, making that decision is something that you have to do yeah. even before getting to university and how you're going to live your life. I, I think something really important to get over the embarrassment of it, and I'm, this is not a swipe at anyone else, but a vegan isn't embarrassed to tell anyone that they're a vegan, <laughs> are they, you know? Or even like someone who's like a teetotaler will make it very mm-hmm. clear very early on that I don't touch alcohol. Or, or whatever kind of choices people have made in their lives, people are very often quite happy to, you know, tell you. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, there's a kind of this weird stigma of sort of saying, oh, by the way, guys, I'm a Christian, because of how people might perceive it or how they might yeah. react. Um you know, or you might lose this friend that you've just made. Um, and so I think that's quite a, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's the easiest thing to say, but at the same time, you can, sometimes you feel your tongue getting wider in your mouth when you're trying to say, oh, by the way, I'm a Christian. Yeah, so. but actually a lot of friends will still accept you because of it. And whenever I told a lot of my course mates that I was a Christian, um, like I would still go out clubbing and go to free drinks with all, all of them. I just wouldn't drink as much as them. Um, and I remember we were playing uh like ring of fire some kind of pre-drink game um and all of them are maybe on their third or fourth drink already like half an hour into pre-drinks probably um and I was only on my first or second still enjoying the night but just taking it a bit easy um and I remember some of my friends kept coming up to fill my glasses and I was like oh like no I'm good and they asked me why and like I had a decision in that moment do I tell them I'm a Christian or not um and I just explained that I didn't want to drink as much because I was a Christian and actually the whole night then when anyone tried to come fill my glass I was like no 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 like stop pestering her like just stop like just accept that she's she doesn't want to drink anymore and actually I found it really nice because they were standing up for me and protecting me and protecting my um, values of not wanting to drink as much Um, and even in the club like they were like oh do you want do you just want a normal coke or do you want Fanta or like what do you want to drink it's soft I was like oh it's really nice that they're not like oh go on you have to drink to be part of this like I was still part of pre-drink still having a good time but just enjoying myself and yeah. and like not having to get, take part in the massive culture of excessively drinking um, and I think just in that moment I was like oh actually like telling people you're a Christian can actually be good sometimes and like they totally accept it and can totally be like standing up free in it and mm-hmm. um, so like that's one example and I know loads of friends who've like said that they're a Christian to their friends and they're like oh this is really cool like we're, we're going to stand with you in this and yeah, yeah. um, so yeah it's it's hard to do in the beginning but actually it's so worth it yeah. 
And something that, you know, for this it's gonna sound a little bit weird, but certainly I've experienced um if someone you can tell the difference between sort of aggressive having a go at you, but actually if someone makes a joke about you quite often it's because they've accepted you. Mm. Um, you know, and they and and that is you know, it kind of warmed my heart when the guys I was working with suddenly started teasing me for being a for being a Christian. I was like, "Oh, that's it! I'm I'm one of them. I'm part. Of, you know, I'm yeah, I'm in the group." Um, and it was just kind of they just accepted that that's who I was and I was part of them, um, and that was just really cool um, and really kind of uh, it freed you up then actually then because you end up having Jesus conversations and they're not weird or forced and, you know, mm. like trying to crowbar Jesus into the conversation yeah. just because people know that that's who you are and that's how your conversation is going to be. Yeah, definitely. So if you could, so I've got no idea who's going to listen to this, um, but let's hope that some either future students or current students are going to listen. Mm. Um, what, wisdom or advice would you give to a to a Christian student oh that's a very good question I think first of all like getting stuck into a church is like a priority as soon as you hit uni but I think for being able to connect with your course mates or other friends who aren't Christians I think being confident in who Jesus says you are um, through the Bible and just knowing who you are in God and who God says you are. If you're confident in that and you're stuck into a church, then you're going to be able to like show Jesus in everything that you're doing and everything that you will do. You're going to want to like reflect Jesus and show Jesus in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your friends will naturally ask those questions, even if you're not confident to be like, hey, I'm a Christian. Like I go to church, want to come? <laughs> like if you're doing things that are maybe like, oh, I'm not drinking as much or um, like helping people home or like being the designated driver or whatever it is, people will be like, well, why are you doing that? Like they'll notice your actions. And I think if you're confident in who God says you are, that will overflow into the conversations that you have with friends. That's so cool. What about to a second year student who hasn't told anyone they're a Christian and has stopped going to church? Yeah. What would you say to them? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say to get going into church again yeah. um, and I think actually like a really good way of doing that is inviting a non-Christian mate into it as well being like hey I'm like thinking about trying church I tried it once like do you want to come with me that's a really good way of like both reaching out to a friend and trying to get them to come along to church as well as you trying to reconnect with God as well um, and I think it also then takes out the pressure of oh, I have to walk into a church alone. I don't know anyone. I'm terrified. Yeah. Actually bringing someone else along yeah. will help with that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just be like, be open to discovering who God is again yeah. um, and be open to having those conversations with non-Christians as well as any Christians that you would know. Okay. Now, third question. Yeah. This is a slightly different thing. And I'm not, I'm not paying you for this. <laughs> So if, if I owe you any money, if I owe Fusion a bill at the end of this, if you were a church leader listening to this, mm. it's probably not going to be. But if there was a church leader listening to this and they're in a university town, but their congregation is lacking in students, mm. or they've got students coming, they just don't know what to do with them because yeah. they're young and crazy yeah. and their congregation isn't or whatever, how would you, how would you counsel a, a pastor or church leader to to get alongside the university community of their town yeah I would say just to start talking to the students like students are yearning for that relationship with non-students mm. um, and I think a lot of students miss that community feel of living with their families previous or like living with friends or whatever it is they're just yearning for that community of people who will be welcoming will be supportive will feed them food because students love free food mm. um, but I think just starting to talk to them and be like hey do you want to hang out do you want to like come along to this or invite them around for dinner if there's a smaller group of students they will feel so valued and just knowing that they feel seen and they feel part of it is something that will get them to stay and will get them to feel oh 
I belong here. I'm, I'm not just a visitor. I'm not just someone that's on the sidelines, but I belong in this community. I belong in this congregation mm-hmm. and community is infectious. They'll bring their friends and they'll want to stay because of the community. And then your student group will grow. And yeah. so I think, yeah, the main thing I'd say is just start chatting to them and inviting them along yeah. to your house or to different groups and yeah, just start chatting. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, so the, just for the, the benefit of the listeners, the, the church where we met, yeah. King's Church in Portsmouth, um, had, I mean, the, the way I found that was, I found that church because a friend of mine went to Portsmouth University. I was basically in Portsmouth, I was going somewhere else at the time, but he was, there's a bit of a way, but he was being dragged to another church by his parents who brought him down, dragged him to this church. He didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I did the laziest bit of Christianity I've ever done in my life. I said, Jesus, I'm going to go into the internet, type in student churches, Portsmouth, and the one at the top of the list is where we're going to go. Amazing. And I did that, and Kings came up at the top. And so I took my friend, we went to church, um, and he, like you said, made that connection. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I don't have a, really have any experience for other churches that do student work, but like I've experienced what kings do mm. and how they do it. And I think what they do is exemplary um, and just, you know, and uh, and the way that they make students feel welcome, the way that they try and link them into families mm. so that they've got somewhere to go and have tea like like once a week or something yeah. and all that kind of thing. And I think that's really great. Um, and, uh, and again, like speaking from my viewpoint, when I was in the Navy, there were people who used to do that for us as well, for mm. sailors. You know, so as Christians, you you could go and you guarantee like a home cooked meal during the week and things like that. And it's you know those, that's kind of Acts chapter two kind of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. in each other's homes, studying and being together. And and I think just that um, kind, open, genuine hospitality is something that that honors God and God blesses mm. when we when we step out in those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're all human at the end of the day, and. It's just the simple things like students are loving just connection and everyone loves connection. So I think it's something that people can relate to and it's easy to do. It's not like you have to fork out loads of money to, no. to have connection and to actually chat to someone. It's free. It's easy to do. And you just need to open your mouth and go over and talk to someone. Yeah, that's really cool. Yes. I mean, and that's it. I think there's a, there's a, a challenge for listeners today. Um, if there's someone new in your church, go and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Even if you say, is this your first Sunday? And they say, no, I've been coming for 12 months. We've just gone through a pandemic where we haven't seen each other properly for 18 months. So that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, it's a good chance to make new friends. And if you're in a student town and you have, you know, and we've got the new academic year is fast approaching at time of recording, possibly by the time this is published, we may be well into the academic year, but just make those people feel welcome mm-hmm. because, you know, the you might be the reason that someone carries on with Jesus because yep. they've turned up to church, they've sat down, put their head between their knees because they, they're they a bit, you know, like the tax collector in that parable, they're too embarrassed to lift their head up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we we have been given permission to be the hands of Jesus and we to go mm. and lay a hand on someone's shoulder and are you okay? You know, it doesn't have to be anything weird, just that, are yeah. you okay? Um, and see what comes from it and trust Jesus because if they're part of the family then they'll respond what they and if they're not then soon they will be part of the family because you love them yeah definitely that's really cool um if you're all right Molly we'll move on to the 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 bible study part of the podcast sounds good that's great just a again a reminder I think I I say this almost every episode um but to the listeners um, this is not a verse by verse. It's not a replacement for personal Bible study. My hope is to whet your appetite for the Word of God that you would be excited and want to go and read it yourself. And also, if we say something that you think is complete nonsense, that you will challenge us on it and let us know because um, neither myself or Molly or any of my fellow guests would claim to be um, theologians or professionals. Definitely we're, not. We're just Christians uh, trying our best to get to know Jesus. Um, so we've been going through the book of Matthew. Um, I picked Matthew because everyone picks Mark's gospel, and I feel sorry for Matthew. He's there at the beginning of the New Testament because he's got a big list of names. People skip him to Mark and get straight into the action of, of that gospel. So I thought we'd 
we give Matt a good airing, um, at least for this first part. So we've got to Matthew chapter 7, so we're making good progress, and verse 15 to the end of the chapter, and I'll read that for us now. A tree and its fruit. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognise them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The wise and foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Amen. Amen. Nice, simple passage, Molly. Oh, uh, yeah. Whenever you sent me this, I was like, flip me. Like, could have given me an easier passage. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what really stood out for me is that this is the end of um, a couple of chapters where Jesus is teaching in the Sermon of the Mount. And actually, this is like the concluding passages of what he's saying. Um, and I think, gosh, this is quite a big passage to end on like a massive sermon talking about um the character of a christian and how to live as a christian and then all of a sudden you're like but like watch out for the false prophets and um, actually is your house going to be on solid foundations or not and it's kind of like god's giving us a, jesus has given us a choice like the passage before um, it talks about the um two gates the narrow gate and the wide gate um, and all through the sermon on the mount there's always kind of that representation of two things like the good and bad fruit um the narrow and wide gate and i think it's always like we always have a choice god gave us free will and we have a choice of what way we go but actually it's so important that he is ending on this because it's us having to make that decision of, well, am I going to live by the way that Jesus has just spoken about in the past two or three chapters? Am I going to have the foundations on the solid rock? Um, or am I going to actually go through the wide gate and be the false prophet and actually just like not really care about what Jesus is saying and put it into practice. Mm. Um, and I think the main bits were um, the build your house in the rock, verse 24 yeah. um, and 25, um, where it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Um, and I think I was like, oh, but of course Jesus is saying like, we're going to listen to his words, but it's meaning the whole Sermon on the Mount. It's meaning actually, if you're listening and acting on the characters of being a Christian, how to live as a Christian, being the salt and light of the world, then you'll have that solid foundation. But if you're not listening and putting it into action, then you're not going to have that solid foundation. Yeah. And I think it's so hard sometimes to look at your life and be like, is it is it reflecting Jesus in everything that I do? Is it really showing and living by the characteristics of mm -hmm. what Jesus calls us to be? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a really massive passage to end on. And like, it's, it makes you think so much about, oh gosh, am I living my life as to what Jesus has said? How am I living my life as to um, like going with the good fruit and bearing good fruit and um, just reflecting Jesus and wanting to grow more like him in everything that you're doing rather than um, being like, oh yeah, I know Jesus, but I'm not going to live my life like that. I'm just going to go and do everything that Jesus tells me not to, but I'm going to say that I'm a Christian. <laughs> um, it can be hard to be like, 
your life has to reflect everything of Jesus. You yeah, can't yeah. choose one thing and then have the other. Yeah. It's not like that. Jesus calls you to surrender your life, to like bear the cross. And yeah. actually when we do that, we need to fully surrender everything. Yeah. And the more we walk with Jesus, the more that we are looking towards Jesus, then the more our life is going to reflect that. And the more we're going to grow into the characters of what Jesus talks about in the sermon. Um, and yeah, the more we'll then have the solid foundation whenever the rain and the wind and the storm comes, because yeah. we're all going to have the stormy times. Yeah. We're all going to have those temptations. But the fact is that if we have those solid foundations, then like God is that foundation. Yeah. And if we're sticking to him, if we're looking to Jesus, then actually it's not, it's not going to crumble. Yeah. Like we're going to stay strong and the storm will pass and we'll still be standing. I, I'm just thinking about the, the bit of your testimony you shared earlier on about, you know, sat on that roadside in Uganda, mm. bawling your eyes out and paying for another satellite to be put into space because yeah. how much airtime you were <laughs> rocking, racking up on that phone. I'm just thinking that, like, at that point, you probably weren't firm, mm. but your foundation was Christ. Yeah, 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 is Christ, and so it's kind of it's almost it's almost immaterial if you fall at that point because the foundation is solid. Yeah, and 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 God is very good at rebuilding. Yeah, you know it is, um, and and I think like for. You know, if, if someone's listening to this and they're going through a storm right now, we're not trying to belittle anyone's experiences. Mm. We're not saying that, you know, that it's not as bad as you think it is, because it probably is as bad as you think it is. But your foundation is Jesus mm. and his words. And it's kind of like, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, if the walls have fallen down, just cling to the rock, you know, mm. because it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and and I, I love the fact that, because it's, it's not just, you know, like you said, it's not just the person who hears my words, it's the person who hears and does. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus is very much about action. Yeah. He's not into passive Christianity. Yeah. Um, it's not about, oh, yeah, you know, I go to church or I listen to the old Christian podcast or, mm. you know, I, I download Bethel music on YouTube. If that's not enough, it's about doing mm. and as well. Um, and and the fact that even in a storm, we can still do. Yeah. And I think that's it. You know, part of what Jesus is saying. You know, you know, life is going to be full of storms, but you can still do. Yeah. What I'm telling you to do, and I think that's all. I mean, and that that just that action of one foot in front of the other in faith. Um, is such a it's such a releasing thing, you, you know, because it's kind of like well, the rain's still coming down, but I'm moving forward. Yeah, and it's similar to what we were saying earlier. In sometimes God doesn't want to show you the full picture, and sometimes yeah. it feels like a lot of it is in the dark and definitely not a builder but I'm pretty sure you can't see all of the foundation of a house mm. um, and actually like sometimes you only see a bit of it but it goes much deeper and like God has that deeper level for us as well and that that deeper plan and um, sometimes it just feels like everything is crumbling but actually the foundation is still deep of a house the foundation of Jesus is still there in us like we still have the faith it's just we need to keep pushing on and holding on to it mm. to then see see the fruit and see the light afterwards. Mm. Um, so it's cool that it kind of connects with what we were chatting about earlier. Yeah. So there's a right at the beginning of the of the passage, um, and Jesus does something he's very good at doing, which is um, splicing two metaphors together. Oh, he loves a good metaphor, doesn't he? He does, and he says, "So watch out for false prophets." They come to you like sheep, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So you'd like to think that you'd be able to recognise <laughs> a wolf that's dressed as a sheep. Yeah. Um, but just in case you can't, he says, by your fruit you will recognise them. So you go straight from a wolf to then like an orchard. Mm. And you're like, hold on a minute, Jesus, which one is it? Um, and then says that, you know, you can... And, I, and then I love that. Do people pick grapes from a thorn bush? or figs from a thistle. Yeah. And it's kind of almost sort of reminiscent of that time where Jesus says to his disciples, you know, um, you know, if your son asks for a loaf of bread, would you give him a rock? Mm. It's that kind of, like Jesus is saying, you know, like, obviously you wouldn't do that silly. And, yeah. and, uh, and like to the listener, like, no, you'd never go and pick grapes from a thorn bush. That's, that's bonkers. Um, but equally, like, you know, you wouldn't go to um, someone who was saying, 
I don't know, saying that God says it's okay to murder people, mm. you wouldn't go and listen to them preach. Yeah. You know, do, do you know what I mean? Like, and so it's kind of, you recognize people, but it's not just, but their words might sound great, they might even match up with Jesus. But I think then he's going on to say it's like their actions, their, the way they conduct their lives mm. should make you go, hmm, I'm, I'm not sure about this person. Yeah. You know, and that's that's whether they're a, whether they're a church leader or just another fellow Christian. Like, you know, I've known some Christian, you know, like who've who've decided that they've said, oh, you know, they're they're dating someone and they've gone, oh yeah, you know, we've prayed about it and we think God's okay with us sleeping together before we get married. And you're like, yeah. I, I don't think he is. Yeah. Because of what it says here, and God doesn't generally change his mind on stuff he's written in the Bible. I've yet to encounter that that moment where God's gone, oh yeah, that bit. Forget that bit. I didn't mean it. So yeah, definitely. It all comes back to the words that and the actions of their life. And if it isn't in line with the Bible and what it says or with Jesus, and if you couldn't imagine Jesus doing it, then actually, like, it's sometimes God gave us discernment for a reason. Absolutely. And sometimes we have to discern if it's actually similar to what it's saying in the Bible and if it's on the same line or actually is it something that we shouldn't be listening to? So, yeah, Jesus says very clearly he's talking about discernment. Mm. And I think then also there's like there's also discernment being used in the parable of the wise and foolish builder. Yeah. Like discerning where's a good foundation yeah. to build your life. Um, and I think, so again, and I, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but I may as well use your expertise whilst you're here. Um, so say that, you know, you're uh, 18, you're coming up to go to university and you're from a particular church background and you go to university um, you've you've had a great opening week. You've joined the CU. You've met the um, UCCF relay worker. Mm. Um, you've emailed Fusion, and they've sent you a list of churches in the area. Um, but all your friends are going somewhere else, and it's not the tradition you're used to, mm. shall we say? Um, how would you go about sort of counseling someone to discern what's a right choice to make there? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it was similar whenever I came to uni. I was from quite a traditional church um, growing up and then coming to uni was shown loads of charismatic churches that were just so out there compared to the church that I had come from. Um, And oh my goodness, my voice, I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, I think what I did was I just prayed and was like, God, where do you want to plant me? Because all my friends, we had a little church search group and went around churches together and slowly one by one, people would stop to the church that they wanted to settle in. Um, but I was really stirred. I was like, God, I don't feel like any of these are the church that you want, to, want me to go to. Like, which one is it? And I was just so aware that I didn't want to go to the churches that all the students and my friends were going to if that wasn't the church that I felt like God was calling me to. Okay. Um, so just asked like some practical questions of um, like, what are three things I was looking for in a church? And for me, it was a good teaching, worship and community. Um, but actually not every church is perfect. There's going to be things wrong with every church yeah. um, and every church works in a different way. And I think just like having those practical things of what are three things that you're looking for in a church, but also being open to them not being what you're used to in yeah. the form of this is what you're expecting. Like worship has to be like Ren Collective buy-in <laughs> style worship. Like not all churches are like that, but actually like just being open to this is what I'm looking for, but is it going to be the exact same as what I'm used to? Because it's not because you're in a different city, mm-hmm. like you're going to be seeing different churches. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And I think actually, you know, like in all these things, I think there's, you know, prayerfulness is the, is the, first start of discernment isn't it um yeah yeah. you know so i i again my church background was um traditional baptist um background and um that's where i'd been going to i've been Mm. i've sort of kept a similar tradition to that for a long time and then um and then another another sailor a guy i met in a very strange way, but he became a Christian and he came from a similar background, but he wanted to totally reject that. And he wanted to go full on charismatic Pentecostal. Uh, let's go and do it. 
And, and so he decided that to trial run this, he was going to go to Soul Survivor Church in Watford, yeah. which is kind of like, you know, like, you know, it's Captain Charismatic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at the time, I didn't realise I was going to be going there and seeing the person who is now my living hero, Mike Pilavacci. <laughs> but um, but we, and I went there with him and I had all the sort of the baggage of traditional church yeah. um, and a very, you know, the hymn prayer sandwich the you know the, the little talk for the children and all that kind of thing yes. and, and I just I remember walking into the building absolutely just I didn't know what to think and and just praying and just said hey Jesus if this is okay just let me know mm. if this is okay um and I walked in and nothing had even started yet people were just milling around having a cuppa and everything um and all that happened was I just had this overwhelming sense of peace the whole time and like the the, the the worship started. This was something I'd never experienced before. There's guitars and there's drums mm. and there's like three people on, on a microphone each singing and, and and stuff. And and there were people laid down on the floor and there were people jumping up and down. And I was like, even though it was weird for me at the time, I still felt totally at peace. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is okay. Um, and I got the, and I'm sure many Christians have experienced this. And it's that kind of, it's the, the pins and needles at the back of your neck yeah. when you kind of get that feeling that Jesus is in the building. It's your spirit gauge. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like, but it wasn't kind of like pins and needles at the back of my neck, I need to run out of the building. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, I don't understand it, but this is okay. Yeah. Um, and then and then it wasn't long after that that I then started to go to King's Church, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's not as out there as Soul Survivor, but I don't think anywhere is. But it's still, it's still in the sort of the Pentecostal charismatic yeah. bracket of church. Um, and I think because of that experience, I was able to then connect to Kim's really easily. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is fine. Um, but, you know, I think it does take, but equally, if you're from a charismatic background, don't look down your nose or wherever at a church that is more, traditional yeah. um, and where you know they're not necessarily false prophets they're not wolves in sheep's clothing they're just quieter than you are yeah um, their foundation is still the same mm-hmm. and I think it's that kind of it's recognizing the Jesus mm-hmm. in our brothers and sisters who are different yeah that will you know that also helps our discernment mm-hmm. because then you can then pick out the going that's definitely not Jesus yeah um, you know um, you know, and I think that's that helps, and uh, and so and I think in that kind of thing, maybe experiencing different church types also helps you to discern mm. Jesus more clearly. Yeah, definitely. I find it so helpful just trying different churches when I came to uni because I went to the one that I'm at at the minute. Um, for the first time and immediately I was like Jesus this isn't the church for me it's too out there like it's just not you (laughs) and then tried other churches and realized actually I had such a closed mind and boxed Jesus into this little traditional church that everyone had to be the same that actually God works in so many different ways and if all of us have the same foundation and have that strong foundation and you can discern actually yeah this is a church that loves Jesus and is on fire for Jesus Mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter what way they're worshipping or like how charismatic they are because they're all loving Jesus. And I think it took me a while to learn that coming to uni. I was like, oh, actually, just because this church is a bit more out there than the one I'm used to doesn't mean that it's a false prophet. It just means that I need to broaden my view of how Jesus works in church. Um, So I find it really helpful trying different ones and then coming to the conclusion that actually the one I said I wasn't going to go to is the one that I then worked for for three years and I'm still a part of seven years later. Um, So Wow, is it really seven years? Yeah. Unbelievable. I know, it's scary. Yeah, that is amazing. But I think, and again, I think that's really, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Because here is Jesus is giving this this Sermon on the Mount. Mm. At that point, technically Christians don't exist. Yeah. And Jesus is telling Jewish people, this is actually what was intended through Moses. This is mm. how you should be living. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that Messiah that Moses talked about, that's me. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this is how you should be living. Um, and then how that translates into us now. And, and, and this must have been so provoking because it even concludes that the people were amazed mm. as he spoke with authority, he talked with authority. Yeah. And and Jesus doesn't say people who hear the words of the Torah and do what it says 
they're like, this is people who hear my words mm. and do what I say. Yeah, yeah. And that must have been an absolute shock for the people hearing it. Yeah. Because it's said, who is this guy? Just some bloke who's wandered down the road from Nazareth, mm. walked up onto a hill and gone, by the way, this is how I expect you to live. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not even, because he doesn't even say this is how God expects you to live. Yeah, it's all that I. Yeah, it's like, you know, that must have been, and it's it's easy for us because we're Christians and so we know Jesus, we expect this. Mm. But for the people hearing this for the first time, it must have been, who is this man? Yeah. Who does he think he is? Yeah, because it all comes down to the obedience and following Jesus and actually yeah. if Jesus has just said all these things about being salt and light and like making the choice of the narrow broad gate and like getting bad for it actually that must like no wonder they were astonished because to obey Jesus in all of that and to know that you have to live like that that must have been a shock whenever Jesus hasn't really spoken like this mm-hmm. in previously like this is him speaking with such authority that they are so shocked and I think if I was there I'd be like, flip me, Jesus, like, yeah. what are you chatting? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it all comes down to the obedience in following him and the obedience in, like, trusting what he says. And I yeah. think for us today, it's a lot easier because, as you say, we know Jesus, but I can totally understand why they were so astonished because he speaks with such authority and obedience to him. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's a real challenge as well. Like, again, going back to this... I, and I, I am doing this on purpose because you're my guest. So we're talking about this, this student lifestyle thing. And that, that the very basic level of obedience is going back to what you were saying, actually, I'm a Christian. Mm. Yeah. That, that, is, that is the 0.01% of <laughs> obedience. And everything after that is the big stuff. Um, and, and we've got to get that bit right first. Yeah. Actually, guys, I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, and there was a... Um, a lad who, he, well, he's a he's a fully grown up human now. With I think he's married, um, but who was a student at King's, and mm. he um, he very purposefully, I think, because he made friends very early on with some guys, and they were in halls together. Then I think they did their second and third year like mm. living together. But he very purposely chose to live with them. They were not Christians, um, and he brought them along to various like student alphas and events and things like that. Um, and, and was totally and absolutely not embarrassed at all about being a Christian. Um, and they were talking about these guys one time because I was helping out at this student alpha and they were talking about going on, I think they were going out somewhere after this because I think it was Purple Wednesday or whatever mm. it was. And um, and they said, we're going out. I said, well, all of you. And they went, oh, well, except for, you know, and they knew, but they didn't. And it was playful ribbon. Yeah. Like, but, they, but they knew he wasn't going to go with them yeah um he was just going to go back home and go to bed um but like but i kind of think it was kind of almost like a you know they came along and listened to his christian stuff and then he went and hung out with them but had a definite cutoff point yeah um and i I don't know where any of those guys are now i don't know if any of them met jesus really i I, I have no idea but like he was so faithful Mm. um and and so just like I'm just going to tell you about Jesus, yeah, you know, and and it was really cool. And as, like you know, as an as an older guy watching you know this guy do it, it was just it was really cool because he was just yeah, like I said, just not embarrassed, yeah, and, and but also just also just very confident in who Jesus is. Mm. He wasn't actually confident in himself, but just very confident in his foundation. Yeah, and I think that again, if you're if you are a a student listening to this that you know we I can't or anyone listening to this I can't stress this enough you know your confidence has got to be in your foundation not in you yeah you know and that and if your foundation isn't Jesus and his words get a better foundation yeah um so sorry go on oh yeah no I think just it's it's such a powerful passage and I think it gives you so much to think about of kind of just who Jesus is and what he says Um, and I think yeah it just makes you think of am I living my life today as to what Jesus has said to the characters and everything he said in this sermon like is my foundation strong and I think yeah sometimes it doesn't feel it but actually as you said you need to make that decision of what is my foundation in and and make those changes if it isn't in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that and, and that's also like I want to say now that's 
that foundation is in Jesus. It's not in church. Mm. It's not in yeah, the yeah. type of songs you sing. Um, it's not in the the style of tradition. You know, if, if any of those things are more your foundation than Jesus is, then when these storms come along, you will suffer, you will struggle. Mm. And the the traditions and the styles and the way that we do church, they're lovely, they're nice, but they're just kind of like the, um, you know, if you're building your house on Jesus, then the traditions of church are kind of like the conservatory and the double-glazed windows. They're not mm. essential, but they make the building look pretty. Yeah. But it's... It, what I find really interesting is the foundation is the bit of the building you don't see. Yeah. And and it's always it's kind of strange because Jesus is saying, I'm going to be the bit of your life that you don't see, but because of that, everybody will see. Yeah. And that I think is is again like I love how Jesus takes things and tips them upside down. So mm-hmm. like, you know, like he tells us that in order to gain victory, we need to surrender. So Jesus says, in order for people to see me. I need to be the bit that no one else sees. And you're like, oh, I'm going to be the foundation. And because I'm your foundation, everybody will see me. Yeah. yeah. But no one sees a foundation, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Jesus loves stuff like that and loves being ironic in that way. <laughs> um, but I think it just gives us all the more reason to trust him yeah. because it's worked this long and <laughs> like we're still here and actually like still on fire for Jesus. Yeah, and. Yeah because the foundation is Jesus then everything that is built from there on onwards like is reflecting Jesus and Jesus is a part of because he is the foundation and it's touching and yeah. um, so I think yeah it's ironic but I love it as well yeah. love how God works <laughs> yeah yeah that is good um that's really cool um thank you I think we've um we've gone over we've gone over a lot of ground there um but that's good um Molly would you um Pray for us. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah, Jesus, thank you for today. I thank you, God, that um, you give us the choice um, as to which direction to go, God. But I thank you that, um, yeah, we can just build strong foundations with you, God, that you um, give us the choice to just fully surrender our lives and just, um, yeah, fully place our trust in you. And I pray that you would just help everyone listening um, to really know what their foundation is built on God I pray that they would just be able to really grow their foundations in you and God that you would be shining and reflecting um, out of everything that comes afterwards God um, but yeah I pray that this would just um, really be an encouragement for people that they would know um, that you you are there God that you you want to see them with strong foundations for when the storms come God that you never leave them that you're always going to be there um, so yeah I just pray that you would um, be with us as we go um, and yeah just bless us um, in the days to come in your name amen amen thank you very much anytime and thank you dear listener that is the end of today's podcast god bless you all